So from our perspective, it's been quite a fascinating time just to observe and to talk to people who are navigating this with us and helping our listeners navigate better too. So it's been a hard year, but a very interesting year as well. Hey, it's Dustin and Bev from People at Work. Uh, so today's a bit of a unique episode. We aren't actually interviewing anyone. We're just having a conversation, kind of looking back at, at 2020, which was a bit of a year, and looking forward into like what we can expect in 2021. Um, and it's just a chance for us as co-hosts to actually connect and chat about some of our favorite parts from the past year. So Bev, welcome to People at Work. That's super weird to say that. <laughs> hey, thanks, Dustin. Yeah, and even weirder is that you and I are not doing this in person, right? And that's sort of been our status quo for the last nine, almost 10 months now, I guess. We've been operating in this strange, uh, well, I guess it's not so strange anymore, but this remote mode and um, thriving through it, I, I think. Yeah, I think we've been doing well. It's it's weird, though, for sure. Like half my team now, I've never met in person. So 2020 kind of threw a wrench in things. But yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see how it's changed work, how we communicate, talk to each other just across the whole board. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as, as we're going to get into a little later in our chat here, um, you know, from a podcasting point of view, this has really been a, a really interesting experience, um, not only in the, the guests and the, the material and the, the topics that have become more pressing because of the pandemic, but um, because of the shifts that are happening in, in workplaces everywhere and that impacts people. So from our perspective, it's been quite a fascinating time just to observe and to talk to people who are navigating the with us and helping our listeners navigate better too. So it's been a, a hard year, but a very interesting year as well, I find. Yeah, definitely. It's been cool to see kind of the themes evolve. Um, so like when we started uh, remote work and being productive and how do we handle the switch was kind of the big thing. And I'm sure we all got sick of hearing about it uh, through every email we got, through every podcast. Um, but it's been interesting to see that kind of switch from a are people going to be able to actually work remote or are they going to slack off or are they going to get distracted more to a, how do we build this inclusive environment when we're not actually in front of each other? Um, so it's been interesting to see that kind of evolve over the past like six months or so. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember in those early days when I was interviewing guests and there was so much uncertainty and, and stress and anxiety around uh, you know, just the unknown of, of where we all were. And that definitely came through in many of my conversations. But I also felt at the same time that there was, there was optimism and calm um, as well, which I, I found very encouraging. And that has certainly um, come through in, in, in the interviews that I, I, I've had, as well as just seeing as we've moved through this, the people that have been on the show um, have had experiences themselves that are, are very encouraging. And, and really, they're, they're things that were there to begin with. They weren't new mm -hmm. things that just happened to arise as tools for people to use. They were things that were there all along. So it was really interesting to see some of the guests that I spoke to who um, had been champions for certain things. Um, you know, that that's their sort of focus and their their position on things and how they were able to now bring this to the fore to help us through the pandemic. Yeah, it's one of those things where a giant life event or giant change happens and it kind of pushes fast forward on how everything's progressing. And I think it, it did that a little bit with the way people work. Um, like we're already, I think, very slowly trending in the more autonomy, even the gig culture work remote. This kind of just pushed it forward a few years, I think. So it'll be interesting to see when things go back to whatever normal is, um, how, how we end up and how all this work, works. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think similarly, we were already moving towards more of a, a human centered workplace that was mm -hmm. that shift was already starting to happen. And um, in, you know, fairly significant ways, like people starting to call the human resource function people oriented roles and uh, people practice or, you know, very much shifting like structural or architectural parts of organizations to be more human centric. And I think mm -hmm. that when the pandemic arrived, that was just accelerated um, because suddenly uh, we had to be more people centric and attending to people as individuals and their needs around their family and the global health crisis and how that was impacting them and work kind of became secondary, um, which really that's how we should be treating our employees anyway, right? Like yeah. it's, it's kind of sad that we needed a pandemic to force us into making those decisions and changes in our organizations. But I, I'm, I'm very grateful that it's happened nonetheless. Yeah, the thing I found interesting with that is we've all kind of been put into each other's homes, right? Like it's, it puts down that professional barrier, I think a lot where before, like we've all seen the, the funny video of guys getting interviewed, his kid runs in, he like face palms the kid away. And it's so taboo that you get interrupted. Um, now people are embracing that. Like my kid runs in during the interview, I'm just going to pick him up and get him to say hi. And people are cool with that. Or like we're on a meeting and your dog pops up behind you with the ball wanting to play like that whole we are seeing each other more as humans now which is interesting yeah absolutely i mean you've uh, been on the receiving end of my uh, dogs barking at least <laughs> a dozen times in the last week yeah. <laughs> well that, that's a bit of an exaggeration but the, the the fact is that that there are things in our lives that are now present and i think that's lovely yeah. and i i hope that that doesn't go back to the way that it was because i, I feel like i know co-workers better now than I did before we all um, retreated into our homes in March. Um, you know, you just you just see people's living rooms too, right? Or their kitchens or their offices or little artifacts that are important to them that tell you a bit more about them, which I, I think is a, a positive thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I think that's just going to continue as we go. Um, I'd love to hear too what other kind of, like we've kind of beaten the remote workhorse a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. What other themes and topics were either super important to you or you just found coming up kind of continuously in conversations? Yeah, I, I think there was uh, a couple of things and, and they may well be related to the, the shift to remote work and the, the changes we've seen there. But the first of them is the changing face of leadership and the way that leaders show up in organizations. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's far more emphasis on some of the, the the deeper emotive skills around having empathy, being vulnerable, being your authentic self, not having all the answers, having courage. Um, and I think those, those skills have definitely um, shown themselves to be required through a, a challenging time like a global health crisis. Um, but I'm very, very encouraged to see that we are now using those in our common vernacular around what makes a leader. So I feel like that was, and I saw that and heard that time and time again in all sorts of, of different conversations that I had in the podcast this year. Um, the other interesting one that I, I saw um, or heard was around the mind-body connection. And a lot of uh, thinkers are turning their attention towards the, the role of neuroscience in, mm -hmm. um, you know, how we show up, how we control our emotions, how we um, actively are looking at the connection between body and mind. And it's, it's, again, it comes back to this whole person, whole body approach, um, which 
I personally find quite fascinating. It's one of my areas of interest. So um, perhaps I have a bias towards listening for those things. But I, I do think it is going to become a more prominent theme, especially when we're looking at, at leadership and, and developing leaders in the future. How, how about for you? What, what were you seeing and hearing, Dustin? Yeah, one that, that came up for me was resilience in general. Uh, so at the beginning, it was, oh my God, there's a pandemic, the, the economy's in trouble, companies have to buckle down and be resilient. And then after that, it was more resilience around, okay, I've been in my home for months, it's kind of lonely, kind of hard to stay motivated. Um, how do you actually kind of push through that, whether it's building connections or just finding new things to do to kind of either battle the loneliness or fill your time in a productive way? Um, so that was a topic that I mean, we talked about it a bunch before the pandemic. We had guests about that, but that mm -hmm. kind of seemed magnified a little bit to me. Yeah, I agree with that. That did come up um, quite frequently for me. Um, I, I had a few guests who specifically spoke about resilience um, and, and just almost redefining what resilience actually is and, and understanding um, that it doesn't mean just your ability necessarily to just bounce back against mm -hmm. adversity. It, there, there are other things at the heart of resilience. So I was quite interested to hear um, just different perspectives on what resilience actually is and how it manifests and, and how you, it is something you can learn to do, which um, I, I'm always interested when I hear a guest talk about practical ideas or practical things you can do and bringing that to our audience, I think is important for both of us. Um, you know, we're both quite pragmatic people and our interviewing mm -hmm. style, I think is quite pragmatic. So it's always good when you can actually deliver um, material that is actually something someone can take up right away and practice. And yeah, especially, especially for topics like resiliency, which myself and I'm sure a lot of people viewed as maybe more of a trait, like some people are just, they're more resilient, but there, those are things that you can kind of build and nurture and develop over time. So helping people, A, understand that, and then B, hopefully giving them some tools is really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll ask you a question. As you think back on the, the year that's passed, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's been a hard year, but it's also been um, a year that's been sprinkled with moments of inspiration, I, I find. Yep. Um, and having the opportunity to speak to so many people, I, I think we did, you know, almost 60 episodes this year. So we had some really yep. interesting conversations. And so what would you say was your most inspiring moment coming out of the podcast this year? Yeah, so I had two. Uh, one was uh, with Cameron Mitchell. Uh, so he started as basically like a dishwasher at a restaurant. In his own words, he was the worst employee they ever had. Didn't care, like didn't want to move up, no kind of direction in life. Um, and then he kind of just had this epiphany of, okay, I love this restaurant business. I want to run a restaurant. I want to build an empire of restaurants. Like he, something just clicked. Um, he couldn't even really explain where it came from. But from that point, he went home, set goals of at this age, I'm going to do this. Here's my steps to take it. And he kind of mapped out what he wanted to do. Um, and then but he did actually do it. Like he had 15 restaurants all across the world, focused on hospitality, um, helping all his employees kind of build and grow in similar ways. So just seeing that intentionality of these are the things I want to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. And then actually taking action. Um, I found that super inspiring. And then the second one was um, Mike Kitko, who talked about the imposter in charge, which is that nagging voice in our head that is always kind of saying, oh, you're not good enough. You can't do this role. Like, we all have it, I think, at different points where we question ourselves. Um, and he talked about how that 
honestly like ruined his professional life ruined his life he went down a pretty deep dark hole and had to dig himself out um, and how now his goal is to help other people do that and kind of push leaders past that um, so those were two that that totally stood out for me two of my favorites for sure um, what about you are there any inspiring moments that kind of come to mind for you yeah yeah too many actually that, you know, that's uh, the the luxury of, of having wonderful guests and, and people who are just authentic, warm human beings, um, you hear a lot of inspiring moments. And um, I, I think for me, there were a few that stand out. Um, Hernani Alves told me a story about um, his father um, making his way from, from Africa to the US as an immigrant and mm -hmm. just his story of, of resilience, you know, speaking of, of our, our earlier comment about resilience and um, how to have a champion mindset to really face challenges head on and not run away from them or fear them. Um, so I, I really enjoyed his storytelling and, and just hearing how that really influenced him. And in the work that he now does in in coaching and teaching leaders to have a champion mindset, which um, I, I really appreciated and, and, and just enjoyed the way that he really keeps a very human approach to his life and his practice. Mm -hmm. um, and then two others were um, my interview with Jamal Marshall, who talked about being your authentic self and what it really means to not live off a script that someone else writes, which um, I thought was really fascinating and so important for this time that we're living in right now. And then finally, um, my interview with Vivian Aqua, uh, which uh, was all about her leaving a, a fairly toxic corporate environment and uh, taking the big leap to become a champion for DEI for people in the workplace. So um, just a really inspiring story about taking risk, um, being vulnerable, and not really knowing what the future holds, but really believing in in her cause and and uh, believing that she could really change the face of workplaces by being a champion for DEI. So those were three, but I mean, really, there there were so many. If if we had hours to chat today, I'd you know I'd love to talk about all of the episodes that I I, I was privileged to be part of. Yeah, it's interesting. The theme kind of across all of those, I think, is taking risk and kind of leaning into change, um, which I think is just in general, usually a pretty inspiring story when people take that chance and then succeed and push through it. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear as well, maybe less on the inspiring front, more on the the practical, here's a top tip. Um, we got a bunch of practical tips from a bunch of different people we talked to this year. Were there any that really stood out for you or that you put into action? As I, I alluded to earlier, you know, we really try and uh, encourage our guests to bring practical experiences and, and tips to our audience. And uh, hopefully every single episode brings something for somebody um, who's listening. But I think for me, one of the, uh, the best pieces of advice that, that I heard uh, was by Dr. Kerry Ulrich, who was speaking about a new way to think about employee engagement. And mm -hmm. her tip was to ask your employees what they need right now. So instead of doing employee surveys, instead of trying to understand as a group how people are doing, we really need to get down to the individual level. And the way that, that you can do that very quickly is just to ask someone right now, what do you need? How are you doing? How can I support you? Like everyone in a management position can do that right now with their people. So I thought that that was a really quick way um, to just get in front of someone and really show them that you care and that you're interested in how they're doing. How about for you? 
Yeah, for me, and first, I think that's a really good one, especially because we're all, we're, we can't have kind of casual conversations like we normally would. So those check-ins, I think, are extra important. Um, for me, one that stood out was, it kind of goes back, actually, to the topic of remote work. Um, so I spoke with uh, Ryan Malone from SmartBug Media. They were kind of ahead of the trend. They've been fully remote since day one, uh, about 10 years now. And this was right at the start of the pandemic uh, and right when I was hiring for a role remote. So he gave me some tips on kind of the hiring process when remote and also what type of people are maybe more likely to thrive when remote. Um, so some of the, the things there he mentioned to look out for are when you ask people maybe what's their favorite part of the day or when are they most productive, those people who say, oh, I like to get into the office early and just have an hour to kind of get things done by myself and have that autonomy. Um, those type of people might be a little bit more successful making the transition to remote work versus people who say, oh, I love the buzz of the office and being able to, to chat with people. And it, it's just a different personality type. And I think people can adapt. But I, I did find that really helped as I was trying to make those hiring decisions. Yeah. And, you know, that's just going to become more and more pressing for, for all of us who are going to continue in remote mode, whether in some hybrid model or fully remote, yeah. so it's a brand new new world, especially for us at Jostle. Uh, and yeah. I mean, you've you've had to hire you said four people this year, yeah. remote, right? So that's so fascinating that you have not met more than half your team, right? Yeah, it's weird for sure. <laughs> it's super weird. I'm looking forward to the day where, at least once a week or whatever, we can go in and and just kind of brainstorm and work together. But it it has been a transition for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's not just the hiring either, right? It's it's onboarding people remotely. Mm -hmm. It's managing and working with people remotely. So those tips that uh, were shared, I'm sure have come in um, very useful. And and I hope that our listeners obviously um, benefited from them as well. Because I'm, yep. you know, we're definitely not the only ones who are going through this. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I too had an opportunity to talk to... Um, someone who's working for um, a company that's also been uh, remote from the start, really, for the past decade, mm -hmm. um, Gonzalo Silva at Doist. And um, they had some really interesting ideas around how to um, bring people together through this, this process. And their key driver is trust. So they are 100% okay. focused on building trust and from there comes everything else they do together so um super interesting episode um you know for maybe if you haven't listened to it yet and, and also for our guests if they are looking for that advice on how to go forward now um mm -hmm. in a continued remote mode there's lots of good material there yep no definitely and and trust was actually something ryan brought up as well where he has a very firm like i trust you until i have a reason not to trust you so he starts with that and he finds that really helps kind of build that connection as well um, so yeah, definitely can see how that would make sense. Yeah, it's pretty hard to narrow down the, the top level tips that we heard, isn't it? It's, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, there, there's so much, so much there. And it's, it's so interesting as, as the year has unfolded. And, and, you know, we're now almost two years into our podcast. Mm -hmm. um, just how in the beginning, it, it felt like we would never have a single guest nobody would want to come on our show <laughs> yeah. and we weren't sure you know how would how would we deliver value for for people to listen to this and, and yet here we are um nearing 100 episodes early next year we'll hit 100 episodes so i'm really mm -hmm. proud of what we've done so kudos to you and kudos to us 
Yeah, definitely. It's been it's been a journey. I remember at the start that was the thought, like, okay, we need five guests lined up for sure, so we at least have something. And then now we're fortunate enough to have a, a bit of a backlog of, of guests that, if we had the time, we'd love to have them all on right away. Um, so we're definitely fortunate in that sense. And I know personally, I've learned a lot about podcasting and how to have a conversation and all that. But I'd love to hear from you, maybe what were some of your key learnings on actually hosting a podcast. Yeah, I think just for me, it's been, there's been a great deal of, of personal growth that's come through it as well around how I conduct an interview, first of all, and really getting clear on how to ask good questions and mm-hmm. how to be clear in your questioning, um, first of all. So I, I know in the beginning that I tended to pack a lot into the, each question that I would ask the guest, and it didn't necessarily help the guest sort of unpack what they needed to actually respond to. So I, I know that I've gotten a lot better at that um so from a you know a practical learning point of view I, I feel like I've I've really um grown a lot but I think the biggest thing for me is just about embracing a human conversation and it's not a production you don't have to have it perfect and in fact the more human and um you know natural it is the more engaging it is as a conversation so I think I've learned to just relax and just be in the conversation and not try and curate it as this perfect example of a podcast uh, necessarily so um, I'm sure there is more learning to come and there were obviously other things that I've been working on but those are my two things how about for you yeah I agree with both those one of mine as well that kind of goes back to the having a conversation part is I don't know if it's a confidence thing or just a uh, being comfortable thing but we talk to usually experts in their field people who have dedicated their careers or they research areas heavily so it was i'd have the questions i thought i would ask but be, maybe be a little hesitant to give my input or make it more of a conversation and make it more two-way um so that's something i've got more comfortable with for sure is just being able to give my point of view and kind of push the conversation forward rather than thinking in my head oh what question do i ask next um, so yeah, more a conversation, less an interview, which I think that's more enjoyable for, for us to host and more enjoyable for the listeners as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I think having humility and, and being honest when you arrive at a point where you feel like you might be out of your depth because you don't understand the topic and that then you are really the interviewer. You're, you're, yeah. you are not there as the subject matter expert. Um, and I've had that happen a few times and really what I learned to do through it was just to be 100% honest that, you know, I'm going to stumble through this because I don't have a really good understanding of this, but help me understand it. And um, I think that's also been a big area of learning for me is just not needing to have the perfect conversation and, and be vulnerable in the moment that I'm, I don't actually know um, the material and being okay with that. And um, so that, that's been a really good area of growth for me, even outside the podcast. So I'm very grateful for those learnings this year. Yeah, it's one. So when I listen to other podcasts, that's something I really like as well, where the host says, okay, I don't know what you mean. Can you explain that a bit? Because I have listened to some where they're talking about a topic and there's no context background. The host is just going along with it and I'm lost. Like I have, <laughs> I have the super simple 101 basic question I want to ask. So it actually is really nice, I think, when a host can ask that question and get get experts to kind of start from the building blocks rather than like just speak so far ahead of maybe a common understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, after all, we're here to add knowledge and value into the community. And um, our role is is sometimes to 
help guests explain difficult concepts and mm -hmm. help them um, share their own experiences, which may be difficult at times. So as, as hosts, it's our responsibility to make guests comfortable enough to be able to explain or share the material that they're there to talk about. So yeah, um, it's a pretty complicated endeavor. Like I, I don't know that going into being a podcast host, I actually fully understood how much I would learn from it. So I'm grateful for it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think every single episode I host, I learn something and I'm probably annoyed my wife by blobbing on and on about <laughs> all the things I learned. Oh, I did this episode today. Here's all these things. Um, but it is cool. It does help when you're part of the conversation too, I find you internalize it a bit more and it's a bit more relatable. So yeah, I've loved just the learning aspect of all this. So as we turn our attention to the coming year, what's one wish you might have for people at work in the coming year? So either people at work, the podcast or people as in people at work. Yeah. So for the people, people at work, um, my wish is just not to forget kind of the positive aspects of this change when things maybe do go back and you go to a hybrid model or maybe you go to a fully back in the office model. And in particular, just a lot of us have gotten a lot more time with our families and kind of integrated work and home life and taken the proper breaks. Um, like I know sometimes if it's a really sunny day, you'll take a break and go for a run with your dogs or something. I'll take a break and like go to the playground out in my backyard with my kids, um, which we never really get when we're working in an office on a strict or even a flexible schedule, right? So I hope people just take advantage of that and realize how important it is really having, not even balance, but just integrating the two in a way that makes sense for the individual. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and notwithstanding the the hardship and the the, the pain and the obvious um, anxiety and, and stress people have felt through this, this health crisis, and many mm -hmm. have been affected by it and have lost loved ones. So obviously knowing that, um, you know, for those of us who've been able to move to remote work and are safely in our homes and we can do the things that we need to do. I'm obviously very grateful for that. But, um, you know, I really hope that if we go back to working in offices or like you said, some sort of hybrid model, um, that we can just continue to be ourselves at work. Uh, we spoke earlier about how we've gotten to know our coworkers or other people better um, by seeing into their lives, um, mm -hmm. whether, you know, it's their kids or their dogs or, or whatever running in the background, or you see their homes in ways, you know, you would not have seen before. Um, but I think it's also just that people are just more natural at the moment. I, I feel like yeah. people are more understanding, people are more giving and I really do hope that we can retain those feelings and continue to help and support each other in the way that we have through this year. So, um, and just remembering that that work is part of life, not the other way around. This pandemic has has given all of us the gift of of, of more time, um, mm -hmm. and and you know special moments as well as as potentially difficult moments, but. Um, so I hope that we can retain, you know, the good things that, that we, we were given through this. Yeah, I, I like the kind of optimism of looking at that silver lining through something that was a crisis and has affected a lot of people, just trying to pull some of those positives right into the next year. Well, we can do that by continuing on with our podcast and we've got a pretty amazing roster heading straight into the new year. Um, we're doubling up episodes in the first mm -hmm. quarter because we've got uh, so many amazing guests um, 
that uh, are going to be bringing their insights and experiences to the show. So um, Dustin, any last thoughts before we wrap up here? Um, no, I think just for our listeners to, to enjoy the holidays. Um, I know both you and I are taking a little bit of time off. Um, so just enjoy the holidays and looking forward to all those new episodes in the new year. Yeah, me too. And if you do have a couple of minutes to um, subscribe or give us a review or leave us a, a you know, five stars um, on whichever player you, you listen to, that would be so much appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, really hope that we'll continue to bring excellent material and guests to our audience. Um, but we would also love to see our, our show grow and reach as many people as possible. So yep. I, I also wish everyone a very happy holiday um, and look forward to 2021 and um, the learning that will come from that. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Bev. That was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to, hopefully we can do these more often where you and I can actually hop on an episode. So yeah, I agree. It's, it, it yeah. was fun. It was really good to connect with you, Dustin. Yeah. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to our last episode of 2020. So we're taking a bit of a break over the holiday season. We'll be back starting January 4th. Um, And we're actually going to be doubling up episodes. So for at least the first few months, we're going to have two episodes a week. So everyone, enjoy your holidays. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to give us a little gift, feel free to leave a five-star review. I'll see you all in 2021.